in the corner hit that bell for notifications mash it mash your faith in yeah get it all droopy <laughs> mash your car throw it over the bridge what's happening why would you do that to what i mean like who wow. who, who would who would do that who would do that who would do it who would do it who would do such a thing it's fine if you do it to someone you know just anyone but not just not j- not just anyone. Not to the man who saved cinema. I mean, come on. He, he yeah, did same it. movie, movie Tom to back, Cruise. movie to back, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise did it. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Feels like Tom Cruise in about can you lose? Phil, <laughs> well, it's uh it's time to celebrate. Episode 200. Welcome to the Patrol Cinecast! <laughs> presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Brad Collector's Collectors. Your host, John the Pulser, and I am here today with my Fake face, boy. <laughs> my How's it going, fake Phil? Face boy, my plastic face, boy. We have a lot to celebrate this week, cause like I'm pretty sure your birthday's around the corner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So happy birthday, Phil. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. And happy. <laughs> fucking up. Two two hundred. Two hundred. We made it. We made it. 200 episodes. Without Going much strong. fanfare. Shocker. Yeah, look at this. Wait. Do the thing. Do all the sound effects. Yeah, all the sound effects. Do the confetti and fireworks and shit. Yeah. We did it. Our last milestone was 150, and we had a very funny idea for that. Yeah. Um, this time, not so much. Yeah. It just not, sort not of is landing on this. No. <laughs> it's like nothing special about it. <laughs> no, it's just an episode, but hopefully yeah. it's a good episode. Yeah, it should be fun, I guess. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't know. I've been so bad, and I keep saying this. Like, I've been so bad, like about like being on social media and stuff. And you know, I think in years past, when we hit big milestones, we've uh, tried to do a little bit more stuff around it, or try to ask people, say, "Hey, what's what's been some of your favorite memories?" Yeah, yes. And I, I just like, I don't know. I just can't be bothered with social media right now, uh, but. I'm happy to hear from you guys out there, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast. Um, mm. You know, hit us up. You can hit us up on patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast if you're a listener there, subscriber there, or you could become a subscriber. You get bono episodes. There's going to be some coming out very soon. Uh, and you could uh, tell us, you know, hey, what's what's been your favorite memories from the last 200 episodes? Yeah. 
What do you like? What do you do you dislike? You know? What do you like? What do you dislike? Yeah. yeah. I wanna like roast us. Roast yeah, us for w- to the two hundred. Yeah. I want the those one star reviews. I want to know. <laughs> also, you can hit us up at the PCC podcast on whatever the fuck that shit Elon Musk has is called. And over on Instagram. Excellent. I, I feel like I might just like not look at X anymore. Um so mm. hit us up on Instagram if you're there. Hit us mm. up there. Or email us. Or we email have an email. Us at podcast at princecharlescinema.com. Freakincage.com. Freakincage.com. <laughs> you can buy you can buy that for us. Uh, but Phil, hey, two hundredth episode. Two hundred. We uh do have a little bit of user feedback. Oh shit. Oh man. Tell me it's about the Memento episode. It is. It is. Yes, bro. Now, uh, I I will say that Julia really appreciated it, but um, oh, it's good. hard. It's hard to yes. like. I can't. I can't just be like you know. Hey, my wife like liked. It, that's like you know. That's a bit lame, isn't it? But uh, you know, she she did appreciate it, and uh, she said it was very very fun, and she didn't realize that we were going to do the whole episode like backwards. And I was like, yeah, that's what I told yeah, we you. Did. We like did it all backwards. We did it for real. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we recorded it backwards, and then you had to reverse the audio so it played normal. <laughs> yeah, we we it was like a fucking twin perfectly, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually very difficult. <laughs> We've been training for months. Mm. You guys don't even know. That's why I was talking about I was, you know, watching so much Twin Peaks lately. You know, mm. just like to prep myself to, you know, learn some tricks mm. of the trade from one Mr. <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> I, I kind of tripped out when his son showed up on one of these episodes of Twin Peaks, and I was, you know, I was just like, "Who's this little kid? He looks exactly <laughs> like David Lynch. He's got the same hair. He's in a fucking suit. It's fucking hilarious." And then I looked it up, and it was his son. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake, "No wonder." Um, but anyway, we we did get a little bit of user feedback. Uh, basically, I think because we were moaning last week about how no one said anything about the Memento episode. <laughs> so our good pal Chris Parsons over at uh, Patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast hit us up and said, "Hey, I feel bad. I really enjoyed what you did for the Memento episode, and I meant to say, but didn't put pen to paper until now. Thanks. The previous season was great too. Was really pleased you did Heat. Thank you for all the work." In the fashion updates. Oh, the real one. The real real one. one. He knows about the fashion updates. (laughs) Yeah, so if you want to hear us talk about fashion, I mean, that's over on Patreon. Those episodes are really, really fun. Always fun. Always really fun. Um, I've got a couple I need to edit. Well, at least one. I've got the the next M Night that I'm going to try to edit and get out. Oh, yeah. I forgot we did that. ASAP. (laughs) If the Lord is with me, I shall get it done. Um, but Phil, you know, I, uh, just think there's a lot going on. It's 200 episodes and I feel like, you know, we should just get into it because last week we tried to beat our thoughts into submission with hard drugs. I went up, Phil went down and eventually it all backfired and we both just felt bad about ourselves. And I mean, I mean, like really <laughs> the outcome bad, is the same. Yeah. really fucking bad, really bad. So I had to warn off. We were considering suicide and, you know, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But Phil found a pamphlet and it talked all about life after death. So it's time for two thoughts too deep, too 
deep. Remember that time you saw that film that you thought was super deep? It wasn't really the deep, but you were too dumb and young to know. It's okay though, because we are going to re-watch them to make sure you weren't just a dumbass who thought the following movie was the greatest thing since sliced bread and well. If it is, we'll retract any preconceived notions about said movie and we will praise it. I highly doubt that will happen. It's time for Two Thoughts Too Deep. It's week three of Two Thoughts Too Deep 2 Tokyo Drift. And this week we would like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior Zenu. 75 million years ago, the oh, galactic no. dictator Zenu decided that we had too many people in this galaxy. Dude, so they're going to come for us. <laughs> so he called them in for a tax audit, which was just a ruse. He ended up freezing them and loading them up into his DC-8 space plane and dropped them onto Earth into volcanoes and then blew them up with hydrogen bombs. The disembodied souls of these people were left freely to float around the planet ever since as negative energy thetans with reactive minds that attach themselves to you. Did you know that for as little as $128,000, you can rid yourself of oh, your reactive mind and go clear? Then you can battle it out in a never-ending list of OT levels, purging your soul of thousands of these body thetans, ridding their reactive minds to be clear, which in turn will get you access to the best tools to make it in Hollywood, and you can earn enough money that will keep you paying in, in and in and in, and then you can skip these OT levels and, you know, just secure your spot mm -hmm. on the DC-8 airplane spaceship when Zinu makes his glorious return to Earth and pick Don't up him. his and <laughs> clear people. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of work. So yeah, alternatively... Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm already OT level three and I don't feel any different. Alternatively, <laughs> you know, for the people who are a little less, you know, adventurous and a little bit, maybe a little bit more lazy, you can choose to freeze your body and hope that the human race hasn't completely fucked the earth so bad you can actually have a better future for yourself when science has gotten so advanced that it can cure whatever ails you and then they can unfreeze your body and then you can live forever in harmony in some utopian society but phil spoiler. i'm not too <laughs> sure spoiler, dude. <laughs> i'm not too sure what they can do about all of your negative feelings because can science ever really heal a fucked up brain Especially when you have film. all these deep-ass thoughts about all these deep-ass movies like the one we've got today starring Zinu's favorite son in what film? TC. TC is back. <laughs> I don't movies know when, back. if we've ever... Yeah, movies are back, bro. <laughs> this yeah, I don't think we've ever done a Tom Cruise film. <laughs> no, here we go. And this is the only one I want to talk about. Um, uh, Magnolia. We, of course we have. We did Magnolia, Magnolia yeah. Of course we have. But that, um, you know, that's not a Tom Cruise film. It, you know, well, it's it, clearly playing the same character, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you know what it is. I, yeah. I hope people click on this and be like, fuck, I remember this film or like never heard of this one. <laughs> it's the one and only Vanilla Sky. Sky. <laughs> Sky. <laughs> Skyfall. Open your eyes. Most of us live our whole lives without any real adventure to call our own. What is any life if not the pursuit of a dream? They're all waiting for you. Courtney Love called to see if you got her email, and the art department still needs a decision on the color of the letters for the bikini issue. David, which one? Hi, honey. I'll call you later. When? Don't say soon. I hate it when you say soon. Soon! 
slept with Julie Gianni again, didn't you? Julie's a friend. Sometimes we sleep together. You can do whatever you want with your life, but one day you'll know what love truly is. What do I owe this pleasure? The pleasure of Sofia. I would spend the rest of my life with that girl, man. I am not going in there. Oh, yeah. Good night. My heart going boom, boom, boom. Grab your things, I'm going to take you home. Beautiful. How much for? One kiss. That smile is going to be the end of me. David Ames. You're following me. I just felt bad at your party. When did you stop caring, David? Slow down, Julie. When you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not. Do you believe in God? Open your eyes. We've got a situation here. What is this? I didn't do this. You've been charged with murder. Boo. There's no murder. These people are dangerous. They want to steal my life! There's an explanation for all this, David. Tom Cruise stars as David Ames Jr., a publishing magnate and playboy who inherited everything from his father, and he can basically do whatever he wants, including hanging out with his best friend, Brian, Jason Lee, and having sleepovers with his friend with benefits, Juliana Gianni. What a name. Cameron Diaz. Julie Gianni. (laughs) (laughs) Julie Gianni broke my heart. All of that changes when David is incarcerated and charged with the murder of his girlfriend. Murder, you say? While being visited by the court-ordered psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) Phil's doing the dance that Tom Cruise does. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) We'll get into that. While being visited by the court-ordered psychologist, Kurt Russell. uh, (laughs) Just reading it that way. Instead of reading it with the balls, his, his court-ordered psychologist was Kurt Russell. Was well, Kurt Russell? His David dad, tells the story of how he found romantic redemption when he fell in love with a girl that his friend Brian brought to his birthday party. That girl being Sophia Serrano, played by Penelope Cruz. No but relation. Before the relationship began, David was coaxed into a car driven by Julie Gianni, who is in love with David and in a manic episode drove her car off a bridge killing herself and horribly disfiguring David. Reconstructive <laughs> surgery and the loving support of Sophia seemed to reverse David's luck but eerie oh, it did it. soon made him question the reality of his existence and his oh. control over his life. It's the 2001 sci-fi psychological thriller written and directed by Kim Crow. Kevin Crow, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this is like the last film he ever really did. <laughs> no, he made We Bought a Do. 
Yeah, but like you know, <laughs> who gives a what shit? What happened to it's Cameron Crowe? Did this vanilla this sky? Hollywood don't Crow. don't hire Cameron Crowe anymore. This film actually did really well, though. Yeah, it did actually. But this happened to every. This, this, this I feel like the same situation as next week's film, where this like kind of indie guy gets swallowed up by the machine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Although yeah, Cam yeah. Crow just done like Jerry Maguire, yeah, like he that did was Jerry Maguire, pre Hollywood flick. But you know, yeah. is this after or pre almost famous? Uh, right. This is directly after. So he did. Oh, what a drop! Dude. Yeah, so he did. Um, Hit best film. <laughs> he did Jerry Maguire, and then he did Almost Famous, and then he did. Don't his... two great ones. But before that, that, I mean, he even did, like you know he was in his proper. He done say anything indies. and yes, yeah, yeah. say anything and. Uh, and also uh, singles, like you know, he had a he had yeah. a, like a nice indie run, and then yeah, he fast did. time. Didn't he write fast time? Yeah, he wrote fast yeah. times or rich Mahai. and it, I mean, he obviously like had. I mean, fucking Jeremy Maguire is like one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, it was a, one of the biggest films of the nineties. You know, it's you a had very me at highly, a very yeah, very <laughs> highly quoted film with yeah. one of the biggest film stars on the planet. But yeah, and then he kind of went back almost sort of indie like it felt more you know even though it was i don't know is he made oh he made aloha he made aloha with emma stone at the hawaiian (laughs) (laughs) we don't (laughs) didn't think but like next week dude (laughs) next week dude he goes back to his root yeah like kind of finds himself again like immediately um that's not this kind of leaves him linger like floating i don't really get it though Cause when I did the uh, like, all right, we fucking roll back. Hot takes. Um, Owen famous and kind of indie, but not. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, money behind it, but fucking great, amazing. Yeah, it feels like an indie. Yeah, film. yeah. You do hot takes because you'd not seen it. This is new for you, right? No, no. no I've seen, seen it. Before. You had seen yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah, we both seen this one. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I saw it like you know when it came out. I don't know if it made much of an impact on me, with the exception of it like being this film that was with tom cruise and then you know because i was young i was like 11 or 12 when this came out Mm. and it was like you know weird movie with tom cruise and it had a lot of like buzz around it because of like tom cruise's personal life and it was like it's kind of weird it's like i i was actually looking into this thinking like oh my god this is going to be really interesting because this is like this weird point point in time where tom cruise divorces Nicole Kidman and he ends up with Penelope Cruz off the back of this film. And it's just like, it feels like, Oh, that's going to be all messy. But like from all accounts, he, the people who found out he was getting divorced from Nicole Kidman were the people on the set of this film. Apparently he like, they were the first people he kind of told because it was like, while this film was being made and he still fucking made this film. Uh, he, apparently didn't start per- actually pursuing Penelope Cruz until after the divorce as well. So it's not even that messy. Oh, um, good guy. Tom. <laughs> but then they were together for a bit. They never married and mm. they actually ended on pretty clean terms. I think it was a little bit of like family mixed with his fucking, you know, Scientology bullshit that kind of like, well, I, th- I think it was the last name confusion. <laughs> yeah. Cruz? You Cruz? No, me Cruz. Um, yeah. I was going to ask what point it did him, Cause there was there's a point in Tom Cruise's career where he sort of bounced out of Scientology. That was '99 when he did uh, 
eyes wide shut. He fucked yeah, off. Yeah, that era. Yeah, and he, he went better for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because this is still like, this is like the remnants of that period. Because he did. Yeah, man. They're he the, did this Eyes Wide Shut he, in Magnolia. And then he did and this Vanilla film. Cat. Like this film is still a thing I don't think he would make now. Yeah. It's not a character he'd play now for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird time in his career because he also like was obviously from the film, like fucking Steven Spielberg <laughs> shows up. And uh, he he was like in the midst of working with Spielberg, like to do Minority Report, which apparently had been in oh, work yeah. since the eighties. Oh that, shit! Um, yeah, so like it came in. I think it's that right, dude. So, that's a that's a maybe too thought too deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low potentially down the road. Yeah, future. yeah, and yeah. Actually, one that I, I like admittedly haven't seen. <laughs> like Ooh, I haven't right. watched it, uh, which is funny because it's Spielberg as well. I don't know why I haven't yeah. seen that one. But, but it's, a, um, it's a twisty, turny kind of movie. Yeah, he so Spielberg like got his hands on that. I think in the eighties, but it was something that obviously was originally going to be because it's like a Philip K. Dick story, and it was originally going to mm-hmm. be um, a sequel to Total Recall. Yeah, and yeah. Arnie was going to do it, but then Arnie like I think. I don't know, fucking Carol Co or whatever, like whoever was like doing some of those old like fucking movies that Arnie was in back in the eighties, like went out of business and they lost the rights to it. And then like eventually like Spielberg picked it up and he was going to do it in the eighties. And I think even with Tom Cruise and he just never fucking happened. And then eventually it kind of came back around to the point where they were making this. And that's how Spielberg ended up in this film because he came to set to meet with Tom Cruise to talk about minority report. And they were just like, Hey, you want to be in this movie? They're like, cool. All right, come in. Just be a guest at this party. Sweet. Spielberg shows up. <laughs> it's like, it makes this character look so fucking funny. But I remember seeing this back in the day, and it was like really, really weird. Like, um, like when I finally saw it a little bit later, it was in that time period where I was watching all these fucking movies. And I remember like this is total two thoughts, too deep territory, man. Like, cause I remember like, I was, I was so like, happy oh. watching and I was like, this is it. This is the Tom Cruise bollock. This is <laughs> yeah. the two thoughts, too deep bollock. Yeah. I think we've been looking for. I, I was, uh, perfect. I was like all on board. I'm watching this, like rewatching it. And I remember like, I was just remembering back, like thinking about it and liking it and stuff. And like when I was a kid, you know, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years old when I rewatched it, and I was just like, you know, thinking back, like, yeah, that was like, you know, wow, trippy movie, man. Like, what does that mean? What does it all mean? Blah, blah, blah. And then like rewatching it for this, I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? So like the first, <laughs> <laughs> the first part of the film, I actually kind of like, I mean, it's kind of stupid. You really start no, no, to see that like Penelope yeah, Cruz's yeah, character is like pure manic pixie dream girl bollocks that we need. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just complete yeah, Natalie Portman vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely stupid. Like. Horribly acted. But then they um, kind of use that. Yeah. At least that becomes a plot point. If this yeah. girl you barely know that you turn into your savior. Yeah, that's how, like, to be honest, I don't have as much of a problem with it. Like, is I, I was watching with Julia and she was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, you know, she's horrible. Like, this, she's written horribly. This is yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I kind of get it. But then as the story goes on, it's kind of, she's kind of meant to be that way because, like, he's making it all real. up in his fucking head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he met her once, and then, like, the rest of the time, it's just all fucking bullshit. So she is, mm. like, literally Manic Pixie Dream Girl because he's made her up. But mm. uh, having said that, like, 
it's a weird performance. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it's uh, <a> weird. <laughs> but I was on board with it. Like, cause there was a lot of stupid shit that I was like, yeah, I'm on board for a lot of this movie. I'll give you, I'll say that. I hate, I like, oh my God, it, 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 it's a little long. And by the time the end comes, it's sort of like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? This is it? This we is would, it? This is what yeah, we're doing? Like, we're just going like, to explain every fucking stupid little thing? Oh, it did the drill. Oh, that shit did. Remember this thing? Oh, this oh, thing. Oh, this is what happened to you. Oh, I'm going to explain every little... I remember this being Tech so support. much more puzzling when I was a kid, but... Like rewatching, no, no, but it's it, like, it's but it like is not, until the end. That's yeah, the thing. It is, it's a movie yeah, that yeah, it's a movie true. that's deliberately fucking with you, deliberately not making sense. Yeah, like weirdly cut and all over the place, and you know, paced weirdly, and like it's this thing of like you know, you know, his life past a certain point. It's like an alternate reality, but they're already doing that before that moment. Yeah, so it kind of fucks with you when that happened, and then at the end they sort of stop and explain everything. And they, they they kind of give you a clear timeline that they would just they just sort of fucking like shuffle it around during the movie to keep you on your toes. When it's not that confusing, it's just made yeah. to be very confusing. It's made to be confusing, I, yeah. I was trying to remember we I forget I'm I'm blanking, but we did a film recently, and you said one of the reviews, like one, maybe Ebert or something, they were talking about the film, and they were like, "This is you know." Second only to like it was all a dream. Yeah, but I, yeah. Think, I forget what movie it was, but now we're here. <laughs> Spoilers! It's all a dream, and yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You take that or leave it, and I should hate it. But honestly, <laughs> I'm realizing with this podcast that I find it more and more difficult to be like objectively discerning with films that I liked when I was younger. Yeah. Because I know a lot of this is bullshit, but like that ending still gets me. Like I still like it. Like even though it's just completely like, bad writing, <laughs> it's like it's just it was all a dream. It's like what? What the fuck? But yeah. like the the way it all comes together, and I really like the idea of like pop culture, like movie music, like informing your life and memory and. I don't know. And like the whole like deciding between a dream and reality, like at the end, I find it really life affirming for some reason at the end, <laughs> but everything else leading up to it, it's just, I don't know what the, f I can, I could, I'm like, okay, I can see what you're doing here. Yeah. Like if this whole thing's a dream, you know, Tom Cruise is kind of playing up this version of what he thinks the like murder suspect is like a crazy guy behind a mask. So he's kind of doing Michael Myers. He's kind of doing, you know, he's, he's behind the fucking mark and he's like, yeah, he's up for murder. And Kurt Russell's like a psychologist trying to figure out what happened before, you know, what's going on when you just kind of, you don't realize what's real, what's not. And he just, Tom Cruise is like, just, Acting, I'm doing quote acting crazy, like what he's thinking, kind of like doing a Joker sort of yeah, impression. And he yeah. does this dance in front of the mirror that I like, which <laughs> it's no just <laughs> it just reminds me of fucking Ace Ventura in the second one when he's like that's <laughs> the bit when he's like joined one of the tribes and he's like in disguise and he got the mask and yeah. he's got the body paint and he just 
part of the line dancing <laughs> yeah, around the yeah, fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the dance he done, this little like head shuffle with the arms and shit. But like, there's loads of just little things like that where I'm just like, what the fuck is this movie doing? I felt like there was a lot of like Jim Carrey-esque behavior yes. in this film in Tom general. Tom did very much do in Jim Carrey. Like he's walking around why. like um, in the street, like I guess drunk and trying to follow her down the street. It's like when Jim Carrey's like being like, what film is it? Like, is it one of the Ace Ventura? It's like the Ace Ventura when he gets like shot with like the, the darts and he's just like. Yeah, and he's running like, he's like <laughs> Yeah, Literally that's Tom Cruise and his head arm is like, that is, numb and shit. Like, it's face uh, drooping. Yeah. And everything he's saying sounds just like Shaka-ka. Jim Carrey. I was just like, what? It's weird. This is the thing. And again, I'll stop doing this, but like it's the same as next week's movie where I'm like, I don't know if this is meant to be serious or mocking. (laughs) Because I can't take a lot of this seriously. And also like Tom Cruise is like a bad guy in this. Oh yeah, he's horrible. I can't, can't, you can't root for him. You can't, you don't care about him. He's a piece of shit. And like this whole movie happens it's because he's a piece of shit to Cameron Diaz. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's all his fault. It's hard to really give a shit about him. You can even go back to saying he he's it all happened because he was shitty to Jason Lee. Because like yes, yeah, Jason Lee's the one something. who told Cameron he Diaz about like, you know, oh my boy Jason Lee. Buddy, basically. Yeah. I yeah. love Jason Lee and anything. I, I do I'm gonna too, keep talking like, like I'm not even here. <laughs> it's it's tough because Jason <laughs> Dude, I love Jason. I was Don't watching you. this film. We've done Stealing Harvard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Jason Lee. And Jason Lee, like, is such a weird cat because he, like, he was one of the more influential, like, skateboarders from the 1990s, like, the early 90s. He was, like, a pro. Like, if you don't know this, yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. who was in My Name is Earl was a pro, pro skateboarder. Mm. He uh, was on this, like, an infamous video called Video Days by Blind. And, like, you know, it's a lot of, like, street skaters who, like, changed the fucking game in the 90s and stuff cite jason lee's part as being like so influential in their careers and it's kind of crazy to think about and then like he obviously gets into the kevin smith's films and then like blows up from there my name is earl in his own fucking films still in harvard you know um but this is a role that i forget that he's in and you said oh yeah he's like you know tom cruise's friend i was like yeah, I don't remember it's, Jason Tom Lee being in Scientology, bro. Scientology, bro. Yeah, and it's like... They well, Jason are, Lee was heavy into... I believe he's out. Yeah, he's like, out he now. Was, he's he's out heavy now. And I don't think he really talks about... Like, because I watched some interview recently, and he didn't really talk about, like, Scientology at all. Or, or if he did, he was just like, oh, I'm not in it anymore. Um, but it's weird, because Tom Cruise in this film... The whole film exists because of Tom Cruise. He saw yeah. the uh, the original. There was an original film from 1997 from Spain called Abre mm-hmm. los Ojos, which means open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Cruise saw it at the Sundance Film Festival. He really liked it. And he and his producing partner, Paula Wagner, decided to go and produce the options to do a remake. And he got Cameron Crowe involved because Cameron Crowe was like the director of Jerry Maguire. So he's like, oh, come over here, check this out. And, you know, Cameron Crowe was like, fuck, yeah, this is this is amazing. And... <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is the whole film is about like, there's a lot that I do like about this film. Mm. Like the fact that it is 
about someone who is completely vain and like a playboy and stuff like that, who has that all like taken from them and being turned into a person who like loses all of their confidence. It's not mm. so much about like, Oh, he's an ugly again. person, blah, blah. Cause that's like, that's on the surface and you kind of get it. Mm. And there's like how people treat you and stuff. It's yeah, like, yeah. what I thought was more interesting was just like how his confidence changed. Like how yeah. he became like those scenes where he's talking to Fenelby Cruz, he kind of turns into like a geek because he like he can't he has zero confidence and he like you know mm-hmm. he can't really like talk to her like he was before where he felt really confident and sure of himself, and that's like an interesting like dichotomy there like just to focus on for but, sure yeah but like uh, there's a lot of like all the other shit with it that's kind of funny because it's like all right well this is a film about a super vain person and and like one of the most like vain fucking people on earth. Like one of the biggest Mm. movie stars, fucking famous face, like, you know, pretty face, Tom Cruise. That's what I'm saying. Put himself in this. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a role. I don't think I would see him. You'd see him do now because (laughs) it's so. It's weird. Reflect. It's like reflective in a weird way. It's actually Mm. quite introspective and challenging for him to play that sort of role and very much. Exposed the sort of vapid nature of that lifestyle. Yeah. Also, an interesting thing is that, like, like you said earlier, this is this weird time period, which I don't think he was. He was back in the fold, and he, I think he was pretty much yeah. like. But this is kind of one of the last ones. He was. Uh, it, yeah. Well, it's like on that tell end of him being like a little bit more free from Scientology when he yeah. left in '99, and he clearly was like he wasn't fully like. Like he got head over heels committed when he um, soon after this, you know, soon after I think Minority Report and then he like, I think it sort of had issues with him and Penelope Cruz and Penelope Mm. Cruz and he broke up. They were still friends. Apparently they still hang out every Mm. so often. But then he met Katie Holmes and then the the Oprah thing on Oprah. And by that point, he was like deep back into fucking Scientology again. And uh, it's just a weird, a weird period of time because this is like he's sort of slightly removed because you start thinking about like what else this film talks about, like with the whole like uh, cryonics and like, you know, yeah, yeah, and all that shit, which is really kind of I forgot that that was a big element of of nowhere. Yeah, the big (laughs) sci fi thing comes in and you're like, whoa, what is this? Wait, (laughs) it's 150 years in the future. What? What? How has this been maintained for 150 years? With the Futurama, he just fell into a fucking thing and he's been frozen this whole time. This is this is the shit that just made me laugh really hard because like by that point I was just like, dude, fuck this shit. Like (laughs) you spend this whole film in this weird, like, what the fuck's going on? Like it's a weird murder mystery thing, and then it turns into and then it's like, nah, fam. Nah, Nah. nah, you're actually frozen. I love that. I love that. I love Kurt Russell running out and being like, we have to get out of here, David. (laughs) You know, and he's still part of the old movie. Yeah, yeah. You're suddenly seeing through it. I'm just like, that's dope. That's so good. Uh, there's, I'm real. <laughs> there's that show How To with John Wilson, which I've, I've talked about a couple of times on this podcast. And uh, the most recent season, which I think is the last season, he uh, he goes to a, a uh, cryogenics like no like, way pl- like facility that uh, like I don't know I can't even remember how he ended up there because that show is so funny. It's like he's it's like documentary style, and he just like he he's talking about one thing and then he just ends up on some like fucking crazy thing. So he ended up all the way across the fucking country in like fucking 
I don't know, like Utah or Arizona or some shit. And he was at a like conference about like cryonics and then like ended up like talking to all these people who had had themselves cryogenically frozen or were going to Mm. when they died Mm. and stuff. And he was just talking about like all the ethics of it and all this shit. And it just reminded me of of this. Like, well, this reminded me of that. Um, like Benny I was the Duck. Watching, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, like this is just that John Wilson episode all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really funny. <laughs> the big what if. What would you do if you, like, would you want to be, like, I wouldn't. I don't, like, that's the whole thing I was joking about at the top of the episode. Like, the world's going to be fucked. There's no way in hell. <laughs> I don't want to see where this goes. Yeah, we'll be done in seven years. Top. In that John Wilson episode, the whole thing uh, of how, like, they were like, oh, it can be affordable, like, you know, to to freeze yourself. It could be affordable. It doesn't have to be just for the rich. You know how they fucking get poor people involved? They sign over life insurance policies to the fucking cryo- cryogenic company who, oh, and then you so wear, the like, plan. you wear, like, a bracelet or, tag. or a tag or something that basically Please says, freeze me. like, preserve my buddy it's going to be going to blah 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 for you know to be frozen and they take out a a life insurance policy on you and when you die they use that money to pay for your fucking cryogenics like i don't to be stored in a facility i don't trust any big business you know what i mean like yeah no seriously yeah (laughs) preserve my body and then like store me for that long and i don't know if this shit works so like i'm torn i don't think i would like I don't want to see. Obviously, that. I'd love to be around and see where, like you know, I like the idea of seeing where shit goes, and I'm terrified of death. But like the idea of like waking up and everything you know and love is gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Weird. Like I don't, I don't want to be in that world. Really. Yeah. Wake up and there's no Jason Lee or <laughs> <laughs> Penelope Cruz or Cameron Diaz. Like, what's the point? That's that was. <laughs> That was that was a big thing in that like John Wilson episode. They were like, there was you know, they was at this uh, conference and these people were just like, you know, all together like I don't know, hundred hundred fifty people who were all on board for this. And the guy who was speaking, he was just like, you know, look around, look to your left, look to your right. This this is your community. When we wake up in the future, this oh. is going to be your family because everyone else you know and love we'll are going to be gone. And this is going to be your community. And it's just like, dude, that's fucking depressing. That's sad. Like, yeah, this, that's really these, sad. This I don't fucking know weirdo. People. I don't like these people. <laughs> this other dude who also signed over his life insurance to be frozen. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I don't yeah. have any hope that the uh, the world's going to like not be a fucking atomic wasteland. Like, Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe one day I'll disfigure my face and I'll be like, I just have got to wait 150 years so they can fix it. <laughs> yeah, I love this that. Mark it's ain't doing it. Being a thing because like he's he's like got this um fucked up face and then like out of nowhere there's like all these like weird little like when you're watching this film like weird little things that kind of happen like oh out of nowhere the doctor decided that he found like a fucking cure yeah. in, or they like, did fix your face David yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a miracle Dude, treatment in, in Berlin so many, <laughs> it's like, there's so many things like I find like I find Tom Cruise's performance in this like fascinating in that like it's not good <laughs> but there's moments of like great 
yeah. in it. Like a lot of it's just kind of silly, like I said, like the weird dancing, being crazy thing, and the other just a vain playboy. He could do that in his sleep, but like it, I appreciate him pushing himself. And then bits where I think he's really good, like the bit where they show him the mask and they're really trying to sell it. It's like, oh, it's like a healing prosthetic like thing, and he's like, oh, that's what it is. Because for a minute there, I thought we were talking about a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at that. The, that was really that bit great, and like yeah. that bit. There's a bit that stuck with me. Like a lot of this movie is stuck with me, and I've aged. So like that's why I'm still kind of like tied to it. Like I like a lot of it. Yeah, even though it's just batshit not good but like the like that bit where it kind of all breaks down and he smothered Sophia or who he believed to not be Sophia in the bed you remember that yeah. scene where like yeah, the yeah. faces keep changing he's in bed with her he's amazing in that scene where he's just like what the fuck is happening he's like laughing and crying and screaming yeah. to himself it's like and I don't even know if he it's like that bit in Magnolia with his dad where I'm like I don't even know if he knows what he's doing here but it's magnificent yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah. know like tom cruise can be great but he's been so you know kept on a leash um with scientology and he's part of a fucked up organization yeah. so making it hard to even like praise him and shit but this is like an era where i think he was doing interesting shit yeah i think he, like there's the moment in here i I was saying to Julia, I was just like, you know, you're you're watching this film, right? And I had watched next week's film before um, okay. I watched uh, this film. And Julia had seen it before, so I, I watched it with daughter. And uh, we were watching this together, and I was just like... And also, that same day that I watched this film, Vanilla Sky, mm. I went to see... I'll go ahead and say that next week's film stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Make with that mm-hmm. what you will. You'll get what the actual film is at the end of the fucking episode. Um, but I went to see the new Leonardo DiCaprio No, you didn't. With, oh, uh, I'm so jealous. Robert De Niro and... Uh, Motherfucker. Yeah, the new Martin Scorsese movie. And all I have to say is I was sitting there watching this film and I'm like, Tom Cruise is incredibly famous. And he has a face and a presence about him that screams superstar. Yeah. Even in this film. Factor. Like Swerve Strickland. Yes. But he's not really that engaging and that great of an actor. He has his <laughs> moments. He has moments. Yeah. But like when you think about like how fucking popular and famous Leonardo DiCaprio was is as well. And, and how many he, captivating performances he's had. Yeah, like I I even going back and watching like a um a film like we're gonna be talking about next week, uh Cause that's a fucking weird film that like, sh- like I think would struggle if he wasn't in it. Uh, yes, dude. <laughs> because yes, dude. I he, think like, it only got made cause he did it. And like, he's fucking, he's just good. And yeah. he, it's, it's so different. It's really funny. Cause they were both like, you know, so popular in terms of mm. like, you know, male actors in Hollywood, there's both so big, like mega stars, but like Leo is just like, I don't know. He's just good. He's just a good actor. 
and the yeah. more and more I see him and shit, I'm just like, man, I really like him. He's like, he's like good to like, I don't know. He's, he just, he's engaging where Tom he's Cruise good, is and he's kind of fearless. Like, he'll do anything. Tom Cruise just, kind of does the same shit over and over. Yeah. And you watch Tom Cruise and you're just sort of like, well, you're just like, a, a, you know, a pretty face. That's about it. Mm. And even that's who debatable. Who, who trying to kill himself on camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, that will go with age, man. Like, I, you know, I completely forgot, though. I was sitting there in a train talking about um, Jason Lee as well. and kind of got off track because, all right, so they're both Scientologists oh, yeah, at this point, right? At this and point, Jason yeah. Lee was up until a point, whatever. I don't know when he left, but he left. I got Around the Alvin feeling. Lee Chipman. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do these anymore. <laughs> it's not enough, worth man. it. It's not worth <laughs> it. I, I mean, it's just badass though, because he's like heavily invested back into his skateboarding company as well, yeah, like he, stereo yeah, skateboards. Yeah. He's just kind of getting back into it. Um, I I think like the the thing that's so funny watching this film is you can see, and it kind of goes hand in hand with star level of Tom Cruise. You can see how fucking big of a star Tom Cruise is. And how not big of a star <laughs> Jason Lee is by how they interact with each other in this film. And I say that He's as, like his loot of I'm saying he has <laughs> zero chemistry with Jason Lee. It's fucking odd. I look at this and I'm like, Tom Cruise has never had a conversation with Jason Lee apart from when Cameron Crow says action action yeah, yeah he they might be in the same circles they might be a part of this same weird never, elite society but yeah. they do not fucking cross no. tom cruise's ot ot, OT. <laughs> and jason lee jason lee's like at the bottom yeah you're famous but like you're not, you're even not like, like mission impossible fame you're like morad famous incredible famous like we don't even care about you as much as we care about like fucking john travolta bro like we're not gonna yeah, yeah. harbor your secrets for you <laughs> 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 you can Fuck pay me. us money you can yeah. attend auditing sessions but it said a lot about like when I when I was watching it, I noticed that too. I'm like, you should really buy into this friendship because it carries a lot in the movie, and you kind of don't. Yeah. And it's more, and I saw it more from an acting thing where I'm like, Jason Lee is doing his thing, and he's very natural, and he's you know very organic, believable, very naturally funny. Like I like Jason Lee's delivery, the way like the, the like he was, he's good at making sort of dialogue specific to him and like theme real mm. but like D- tom cruise when he's trying to be kind of funny and weird and shit it just sort of jars with him and the rest of the movie so like it just doesn't work it kind of great and even but when it gets serious and tom cruise is kind of you know he can act his ass off there jason lee i think easily meets him yeah so it's this thing that's kind of off like that bit in the club where he's like hey take off the mark and it's like a fucking dead serious scene and like Jason Lee's good at it. I wish I remember them having more of a thing at the end where he showed up on the roof um, but they don't say anything I feel like that would have Maybe been there was he said goodbye, he said goodbye universe. to the girl he didn't technically know <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying but Jason Lee is just like hey man what's up yeah what's up bro? <laughs> giving, giving a weird look to Kurt Russell and yeah. I'm like oh those two would be great in a movie together Kurt Russell and Jason Lee like yeah. in another movie that that's father and son written all over <laughs> I feel like I'd almost everybody is that. just way more interesting than Tom Cruise in this film like Cameron Diaz is, is like Cameron Diaz is amazing amazing 
Like I she feel fan. I feel bad for Penelope Cruz. Uh, she got she she in the original, didn't she? Yeah, she's in the original. Abre los ojos, which I you know it's kind of nice. You get her saying, uh, "Open your eyes." Yeah, that's nice. The very beginning of the film, which is funny because it kind of plays into the whole dream thing. We'll get into like more theories about this film in a second, but like <laughs> you know, she says, "Open your eyes, open your eyes." At the very beginning. He opens his eyes, has this fucking weird dream where he's running through, which this is amazing. And I think the main reason why I thought it was amazing was because they, they wouldn't do this today. He gets this opening. Yeah. He gets into his car, drives off into fucking like, you know, uh, Manhattan into like the middle yeah. of fucking Times Square. Times Square. And goes running down the street and it's completely empty. And they did that legit. Yeah, they did it for real. Yeah. And like the most one of like, if not the most expensive shot. Like ever. Yeah, yeah, I like think so because they had to clear Manhattan or sorry Times Square for the whole day. Like, they would never do that. They would they never just, do that now. Yeah, and it's like the fact that they would do that then, and it's it, it's awesome. It's like such. I mean, you know, it reminds me a lot it's of like twenty eight days later. Like you know, dude, it's such a haunting this, effect. Yeah, like this, there's no one. This there. is the best opening to a horror movie ever. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't turn into a horror movie. But this opening, and then it cuts. And it, he opened, like, he wakes up again and fucking Radiohead started playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything in a drive play. Yeah. And I'm like, literally, yeah. I did this. I was like, I am <laughs> so in for this movie. Whatever happened from here on, could that opening yeah. was fucking dope. It's awesome. But yeah, you get Cameron Diaz saying, open your eyes. Open your eyes. David, open your eyes. Like, you know, on his little recording thing. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's like a nice little Easter egg, but it kind of, like, leaves you like, okay, well... He hasn't met Penelope Cruz yet, so this is all a fucking dream. <laughs> it's all a fucking dream. Turn this whole thing into dream. Even the end is a dream. <laughs> it's not real. None <laughs> of this true. is real. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like Cameron Diaz, this is like a weird period of time for her as well because she was like on her up and up as well. She had done, um, obviously she done, done a bunch of shit uh, at that point. Though. There's something about Mary. Mary. She did, there's something about Mary, Mary and she was in the midst of like the... She you know, done Charlie's John Angels, she, yeah, yeah, Charlie's John Angels. At this yeah, point. so she she was like this. This was her and her like peak, like prime hot actress. Like she was so popular at this point, and I remember only more and more popular. And she fucking kills it in this film. I like. I was gonna say I feel bad for Penelope Cruz because yeah, she was in the original. I think she did the best she could with what she had. Is she playing the same. She playing the same character. I'm yeah. Thinking. Yeah. 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 I mean, the film's roughly kind of the same. I think they only sort of change up some bits at the end. Um, okay. And uh, you know, I think he probably made it a little bit weirder and probably went a little bit more into the like the pop culture references and stuff. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Or at least you know American pop culture references. But mm. it's um, yeah. I mean, it's mostly kind of the same. Uh, yeah. Cameron Crowe said that like. When he saw Abre los Ojos, he uh, he said in the mini documentary on the making of Vanilla Sky called Prelude to a Dream that uh, for the first when he saw it for the first time, I couldn't get it out of my mind. The movie felt like a folk song to me, part fable, part poem, partly a committed conversation that you'd have with someone late at night when big ideas flowed easily. I want it to be part of the conversation. Both films are very similar. Obviously, the subject matter is pretty much the same between them. The, over, the overall structure is kind of the same. The, uh, the whole idea is like, you know, David being this guy. I mean, it's a different name in the Spanish yeah. version. But, you know, he, 
he like waking up and wakes up and has reality, this yeah, yeah these weird realities from murder. Yeah. yeah it's all kind of the same basically cameron crowe's like you know the original film was like a song our band really liked and we decided to cover it in our own way so vanilla sky mm. is more of a remix than a remake so <laughs> <laughs> whatever you think bro yeah um you know, like I said, Tom Cruise, I mean, he put himself in this fucking film. It, I don't really, I couldn't really find stuff about like, you know, how all these other people got involved and who like cast who and who was up for what roles. I mean, obviously Penelope Cruz, Penelope Cruz was in the original, um, but it's got, you know, it's a pretty stacked cast. I mean, they like, you know, Kurt Russell's great in it. Like he kind of delivers yeah, a really I good performance. Forgot. Like he was in it. Yeah. He when he great. popped up, I was just like, oh shit. Okay. He, we're doing he, this. But he's like the most unrealistic psychologist in the world. I should give you a clue. He's like, is he a cop? Is he a <laughs> yeah, lawyer? Like what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Why is he here? No, he's just there to talk. Yeah. Yeah. He's someone for him to talk to, but then he becomes, and it's quite obvious what they're doing before they even tell you like who he's sort of meant to represent. You know, yeah. you're just like, I get it. I get I get what they're doing, what you're doing there. But there's somebody else interesting in those scenes that I completely forgot was in this. A little young up-and-comer. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Michael, <laughs> Michael Shannon, Shannon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like Michael Shannon. and Tom Cruise. He's amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like, shut up, daddy's boy, or Daddy whatever he's boy, like. I'm going to get you. He's <laughs> like, my dad is dead, asshole. <laughs> 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 okay cool this is yeah, going nowhere that. it goes yeah, nowhere yeah. it doesn't even matter it goes nowhere <laughs> it it's not real matter. none of it's happening it's in his head he turned himself into Hannibal Lecter for some reason yeah yeah I think that's what he was trying to do I think he's like the thing is Tom Cruise has just never really been a bad guy and he has he ever no. been bad in anything like with the exception of him maybe playing a joke like I don't know is he, he's not like is he kind of like no. the bad guy and um that fucking comedy, like war film movie, like oh, Tropic care. Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. No, but he's an asshole in it. He's yeah. good in that. Like, it. He never. He never played like full on bad Magnolia and like this and I'd White Shot like movies where he played like morally ambiguous characters. Yeah, but he's never played like a villain. Like even Leo finally did that, but he's not. He's not always been a clean cut anyway. Obviously, he's done shit like The Departed and whatnot, but. Yeah, Tom Cruise is very much stuck with the, like Jackie Chan, right? Like you've never seen Jackie Chan play a bad guy. Like he just yeah, except for like won. his like, first like, nameless villain characters, like in yeah, Bruce Lee movies or, like, or something. He's like um, Tom Cruise, is like a, I guess like a rookie steamboat, right? Like he's never <laughs> never turn heel because he's such a good baby face. I I just don't I maybe don't not know, the man. best comparison. Yeah, I I don't get why certain people never kind of turn and do a bad role like i i want to see it i would love to see like a late they won't that dude will always be able to print money but like tom cruise you know he's gonna get older he's not gonna be able to do all the things he does now and it looks will fade and like i hope he gets he's like just fucking now he's in too deep but like there's a version there's a version of tom cruise where you get away from Scientology and he gets to do these like weird like old man roles with like auteur directors and yeah, shit yeah. like that I think could be really interesting yeah. that he'd like had that in him and you could use kind of like what Nick Cage ended up doing where he like used his star presence to like sort of 
lift up all the independent projects and like challenge himself with young new voices and just do interesting shit like hit or miss nick cage makes 100 movies a year and then always a few good ones like stand out one in there that like you can point to and be like he's amazing in that or that film mandy or pig you know he's been yeah. doing it pretty consistently yeah, yeah. over the last few years and then a version of tom Cruise like that i think would i think it's too late for that i think it would have happened in like the 2000s if he had broke away then yeah um and then didn't just start doing fucking bullshit action movie for till the end of time yeah i mean his his career after he did like what fucking the last what was that shit called like samurai. the last samurai after the last that white samurai yeah after he did that it was just like okay i'm forever just going to be trying to either make a remake to some film i've already done or try to start a new franchise that never really happens <laughs> yeah like and they're like all these big budget fucking bullshit movies i know people fucking love like you know and i had fun the last mission impossible film i saw which was like two or three of them ago like yeah, i enjoyed it well enough it's a fun time, but like, you know, I, I'm not excited about those films. And like, I know people loved like Top Gun Maverick. But I still haven't seen it. Yeah, and I kind of just fun. didn't just don't care. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Like Top Gun's fun, but like, I just, it's not a film that I ever really like held a huge, like, you know, place <laughs> in my heart for. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I never really cared about seeing the sequel yet. I mean, I'll see it eventually. But oh, I, dude. I don't know. Sorry. Collateral. He played a bad guy in Collateral. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's interesting, too, because it's like Michael Mann as well. That film probably slaps. Oh, Collateral cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. He's He's got a weird career, man. And then like... Very weird. He's done a lot of good shit. A lot of weird shit. <laughs> Very uh, strange. The rest of this cast is kind of funny, too. You got like Timothy Spall, who plays Thomas Tips. Yeah. His, his weird one. What the hell? Friend. One friend. Likes him at work. On the board. He's like, this dude is like. Saves this, the day this at dude the end. It's so fucking. This dude is low key. This is the low key Batman movie where yeah. like Tom Cruise and Bruce Wayne and like Timothy Spall is like Lucian Fuck. <laughs> like the only dude on his board like willing to pull from. You know, yeah. the vain playboy. Yeah. He just needs. And he does put on a mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. This is Tom Cruise doing it in Batman. <laughs> he just doesn't fight crime. Instead, he just stalks some fucking Spanish girl. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 this poor girl. <laughs> this poor dude, you know what I mean? Like, I think I probably watched this like film when I was younger, never challenging the idea that Tom Cruise is our hero and main character. Yeah. And now I watch it and I'm like, this dude's a fucking creep. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. off, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you feel bad for Penelope Cruz because like, all right, so let's see. The end of the, uh, after this film was done. Yeah, so she did Blow and Captain Corelli's oh, Mandolin yeah. in the same year. And <laughs> basically all three performances earned her the Razzie, Razzie Award nomination for Worst Actress. Why? She's, she's not she, the she problem got, in those she, movies. She's good. She got like... A lot of flack in this film, and I think it's a lot of it is just because it's poorly written. And it's not her it, fault. It's badly written, yeah. She's even if it's on character, even if it's like on purpose, but still, it's like poorly written. And yeah, it's it's kind of a shame because, like, yeah, I think like looking at it in modern eyes, you're just like, dude, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. He's a creep. 
I don't know, like the whole thing, like his his friend, he kind of screws him over because he clearly was interested in Penelope Cruz. He brought her to the party, whatever. They hit it off. But then like he like for whatever has this weird fantasy, like the whole film is a fantasy about this girl that he met once. And like the whole thing is like told. It's so cheesy, too, because if you think about like how most of this stuff was like stuff he's invented in his brain. It's just like all these dumb lines that like she may or may not have said the first time they met each other and like all the like, you know, about the future and blah, blah, blah. And you can change and blah, blah, blah. Oh, God, fucking <laughs> fuck off. And all then, these movies are bogged down with these bullshit, like superficial confrontations yeah. about life and philosophy and like that just don't mean anything. They're just they're just like half off like catchphrases. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're supposed to like, what, are you supposed to feel bad because she like is kind of put off by him? She doesn't really know him. She had like that one evening with him, maybe, maybe not. He gets in this fucking car accident. She doesn't speak to him for her, who knows how long. And when she finally does see Yeah, him, this is like a, he's a, fucking must weird. Be a year or two. Yeah. yeah. And he's drunk. He's a guy he's, in a mock sh- showing yeah. up at the club doing AC yeah. Trooper. <laughs> yeah. And she's like. She doesn't like really know how to handle it. It's a bit much. And he's like, yeah, he's put all this in on her. And she's supposed to like, well, how's she supposed to take this? Also flip it. If she got injured and he was like in love with her, I'm just talking about traditional standards in Hollywood and fucking Mm. movies in general. And even just like fucking real life, you know, like would he still be in love with her if her face was all disfigured and fucked up. No, because he's a vain piece of shit and he hasn't gone through this fucking come to Zenu <laughs> moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But yeah. that's kind of what happened to him at the beginning. He had this woman, this quote-unquote fucking fuck buddy. Yeah. Like, but that he and just stringing along for many years, ignoring her feeling, just completely taking her for, for like granted and taking advantage of her and he should cut that shit off if he's not going to pursue her seriously when she clearly had feelings for him to the yeah. point where she gets violent, you know, and like ill over it. And that scene in the car, is like heavy. She did like some really heavy shit to him. <laughs> yeah. And he just, but like he gets in the car because he's like, oh yeah, I might, I could get another fucking bang out of this. You know what I mean? Like he's a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Cunt. You know, like what I swallowed doing? your cum. <laughs> yeah. Like literally yeah, that means something. Four times. You know why? Because four times means something. And that comes back in a weird way, dude. Yeah. Like when you're tying her up. Man, it's weird. Like I feel like someone like Fincher would have a field day with this yeah. and would lean into like the sexual politics of it. And this is just an aspect of this movie that kind of goes everywhere. Yeah. And like, what I wanted to say briefly on that club scene is like, it's like this movie is good at, there's a few really like visually striking moments yeah. and that bit in the club where he's wearing the mask behind him, like on the back of his head. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Dancing <laughs> and the camera's above it. I was like, that's cool, man. But again, it's all like, this is a Michael Myers movie in disguise. You know, you know what I was thinking that he looks sort of like Zach Braff, <laughs> like, like the back of his head, the way the uh, hair was over it. And it was just like, dude, that looks like Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> This feels like a movie Dyke Braff could have made as well. Yeah. I think somehow... Garden State I was in the just gonna, Sky. 
I was just going to say somehow it all makes sense as Zach Braff made it, but it wouldn't. It'd, be, it'd probably be way worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I didn't expect this, but like uh, we, we get. All right. So we get into the end point of the film and like these people start showing up like, well, I mean, he kind of showed up throughout most of the film. Noah Taylor the tech su- plays the yeah. tech support guy. Love this dude. <laughs> I love this dude. I thought he was horrible in this film. Every time I thought he, was he was on great. screen, he's just like, you're a bad actor. I tried I to him. tell you in the bar, Dave. <laughs> I love this dude. I don't know. No, I think he's great. <laughs> We're so opposite on this. Yeah, yeah, I think he's great. Man, I just yeah. like that whole final sequence. I think like, I just got again, so drained by like the entire film. By the time it was wrapping up, I was just like, that's it? That's <laughs> fucking it? I wasted two hours for this bullshit. Uh, you talking yeah. about cybernetic, not cybernetic, <laughs> fucking cryogenic and dreams and shit and the fucking Bob Dylan cover that I should have recognized. Are you kidding me? Julia caught that actually. Like, yeah, did yeah, she? She was just like, oh yeah, that's like the what? What's what's the free? Is it free will and Bob? Free will and yeah, yeah. Free like, that's the free will and Bob Dylan. And cover. you were like, just, just like, you wait. I was just like, oh yeah, I think that's probably on purpose. <laughs> she was like. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it looks exactly even the clothes. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, even if it's not going to come back around, which it probably will, you know, uh, the director, Cameron Crowe, I mean, like, you know, he used to write for Rolling Stone. He's a big music fan, you know, almost famous. It's kind of like his life story. And she was like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's why I mean, like that idea I find really interesting and I wish it leaned into it more. Yeah, like how the these things you listen to or watch or wear or, you know, like are exposed to in your life sort of make up in your memory and influence you so much and sort of help you sort of craft the story in your head, even if it's not real. Yeah. I find that really interesting and they don't really touch upon it. They like, they just said, oh, we use these things to help you piece together your fantasy. Yeah. But like, I think that's an interesting idea that that isn't exactly how we live our lives. That's why I like High Fidelity because he talked a lot about that, about how you live your life autobiographically through music. These things yeah. you're into matter. It's not what you're like, it's what you like. You know? I, like, yeah, I think like it would have been like maybe a little it's just, bit. It's not what the movie's the about. It's just, it's just interesting. I don't yeah, know. I think it would have been better at the end if it sort of like was more neatly pieced together based on that sort of stuff. Like in, instead of mm. it just being all like regurgitated like at one moment. Like it was sort of like it's yeah, a bit yeah, much. Yeah. It's just like whoa. It's okay. not. It's not pepper. I mean, it is pepper, but not really. It's not like they give you clues. It's like I yeah. said. I think it deliberately. I think it's just muddled. It's just very muddled and confusing. The whole film is a red herring. <laughs> yeah, the whole film is like, no, no, this, that, no, no, I'm not going to give you that. It's not, and yeah, and they just keep adding weirder and weirder layers on top of it. Again, it's very butterfly effect. We are like, what is happening? Why does it keep going? Okay, now he's disfigured. Now you know, like it's just these weird little touches they keep putting. Now he's wearing a mask. I'm going to say you know, this like, now, Phil, and I mean it with utmost certainty you know i won't have questioned but butterfly effect is better <laughs> way better it's so much more fun like it's more it's way fun better. it's not a better movie though oh god i mean like i'm i'm just saying like there's elements that i really liked in this film but then it just got it was just like the end it was just oh, for fuck's sake and it just like please end please yeah, like yeah. explain something or don't in this case, I wish it didn't. Just yeah, like fucking like David Lynch this shit. Like 
just go Maholan Drive. Just say fuck it. Like you fucking yeah, piece it together. Because it doesn't go, it doesn't go weird. It gives you it tied everything up, and yeah. it ends kind of exactly how you think it would end. <laughs> which Tom Cruise committing to it. <laughs> But only that really. happened don't last worry. week, man. Don't like, worry. But you, you know, know what? Jared it's Leto weird. couldn't fucking die. We had to kill Tom Cruise. Yeah, he lost an arm. What the fuck? Yeah. But there was... Is, it, is, is Two Thoughts Too Deep literally just like a season of like films where people just get mutilated somehow? <laughs> like that's all Yeah, it's like Star Wars, right? <laughs> like it's just hands being cut off all the time. People being cut in half. What card? You know, like... Yeah. The bad case of being cut in half. Um, <laughs> but then, but there's a part of me when I get to the end of Vanilla Sky, I'm like, like I, it, it's a very like appropriate ending. He fucking he jumped off a building and eyed open. Mm. You know, he back, and they've kind of done that a few times. But then I'm like, oh, but you cut at the most interesting bit. I'm like, you can't just tell me it's 150 years in the future and just bow out. Like yeah. t- now, I want to <laughs> yeah. know. Now I want to see, see what happened. Yeah. What did it look like? Do yeah. they fix his faith or not? Does it matter because he found himself or whatever? I don't know. What did he learn? I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. He doesn't learn anything. <laughs> I thought you know. In another, another, a worse director, I think would have had it continue a bit longer, shown you some future shit. Like kind of interstellar. I'm not saying interstellar's like that, whatever. But like interstellar, sort of, you get to see that bit. Yeah. You know, you get to the future and you get to explore kind of what it looks like a little bit. I think a worse director would have had it. Him waking up, him getting his face fixed, like all flying cars and shit, and him walking around, and he goes to get a coffee, and the girl behind the counter is Penelope Cruz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Yeah. Because she's like, "I'll find you again." You're like, ah, oh. like maybe it's her great granddaughter. Maybe it's like that busted song. <laughs> maybe they live underwater. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the uh, butterfly effect ending. <laughs> that's the butterfly effect ending, dude. The Before he strangled himself ending. in the womb. Yeah. Dude. Oh, man. I still, I'm still annoyed I got that ending. The dark ending. That's so funny though, because you know what like you know when you like shit. fucked you like you you know you're playing a game and you like you make all the worst decisions that you get yeah. a bad ending, <laughs> and that's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> I got the ending where he fucking killed himself pre-birth. But like, no film has the balls to do something. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, that's true. Like it was something they very never. All right, so we were going to do... This is the 200th episode. It's funny. We we were literally going to do Butterfly Effect 2 for the 200th episode. Because <laughs> it made such an impression on us. And we were going to double up this week and just have two episodes in one week. Um, and Vanilla Sky would have still come out this week as well. But we, like, I don't know. We just didn't have time and it just never happened. And I don't think... It, I don't know if we ever will. If we do, maybe mm. we'll do two and three in one lump some. Or yeah, some, you, you know, tell us if you episode. want it. How about that? Tell us if you. Well, want. I did watch two, and <laughs> man, like, wasn't it better than this? <laughs> I don't know. It's not as it wasn't as long. I feel like um, I stopped engaging with this film at certain points towards the end because it was just like yeah. it got kind of boring, and then it like um, and then everything and happens at once yeah. at the very end, and it's like, all right, fuck, fuck, what? Like I wasn't even like it took me a second to realize that he said it was 150 years in the future. But at that point, I was like, I checked out. I was like, what is? Why are they explaining everything like so? Like oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but Butterfly Effect Two, uh, it was more of like I kept wanting something to happen, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't. Nobody. And it was just like your fucking hand blown off. Come on, please, please. 
like there's you spend a fucking majority of the film with this guy like trying to fix his shitty job that sucks ass and you're just like dude like fucking you need to go look at a picture or something like what is wrong with you you know you have the power like fucking like why are you trying to fix this like when you know you could just go back in time or do whatever the fuck you need to do like why are you staying here you fucked everything with this go and change it please change it why like ashton changed it like 50 times why can't you change it at least once like he seriously spins like a good thirty or forty minutes in one like timeline. Oh, it's just horrible, yeah. and it's all about his shit. No, you job. have to keep going. It's just like, oh my god, going. please! No one cares about your job. Work sucks. Work sucks. Like it's everybody hates suck. jobs. No one likes work. If you say you do, you're a fucking liar. Like, and I don't want to see a film about it where a guy's like trying to like fix his job. <laughs> it's like. And that's the point, like in Butterfly Effect, it's like that episode of Simpsons where Homer with the time traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he keeps fucking up. Yeah. Like, but it needs to be that many, like, it's quick. It's not, you don't want to go in and stay in a place because it's boring. (laughs) It needs to be like, oh, wait, I'm a jock or I'm a jerk. Or it needs to be like Bedazzled, where it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a tiny wiener or I'm gay. (laughs) Yeah, that's why Bedazzled's great. I speak Spanish. Bedazzled's great. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. You need to be like that. Like the joke, the enjoyment comes in all the different variations you can get out of this idea. Yeah. Not being stuck in a dead end shop. That's just real life. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so stupid. Like he does change it a few times, but it's not nearly as much as like the first film. And it like, it, 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 it's it not just the same kinda, guy, right? No, no. It's like, it's <laughs> just some random thing. dude. Like the only connection is that like, for some reason they bring up like Evan's dad, but like it was very unclear if he had any connection. And it, it was like, it like fucking Teen Wolf too. Like I had the same thing. And it was like something, something, something schizophrenia, something, something. I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got it. We got it. But like, it was completely stupid. And I kept hoping they were going to do like some bullshit, like where, he like goes back in the womb and kills himself. But like, you know, <laughs> we couldn't be so lucky. Um, but like <laughs> <laughs> the film literally ends with him, like killing himself so that he could save his like girl. It's the exact same movie. Oh, God, damn basically. It. But like worse because it's about his job. And, uh, <laughs> and he like, he goes to like save the girl. And it's like the whole time you're just like, but dude, you could just go back in time. Like it's that's it's, the thing. Yeah, the, it doesn't make ev- any sense to that time travel is an option. Yeah, because like he he's just like, all right, my options are a this girl hates me or she dies or whatever, or b I go back in time and then kill myself so that I never am like a a burden on her. And it's just like, or you could just go back in time again to like where you were when you were before and you've already learned like what happened, so you can try to change those mistakes that were maybe made in this time period, like where you could just go back in time to the point where you're trying to change originally and just try to be better this time around. I, I, I just threw my hands up. I was like, all right, bro. Like whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just it, it's stupid. It's stupid, but whatever. I tried to enjoy it 
and it just wasn't good. But it made me want to like watch the third one because I read online that it was better than the second one. So I'm like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, Here oh we go. shit. <laughs> so yeah, maybe we'll do two and three together. It's like a bonus. That yeah. could be fun. I'm I don't know if they didn't have their own episode. I'm chasing the dragon. The new the new dragon is. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man! Just give me. Just give, just give me. Just tell me. Just tell me. You got. Just need a little bump. <laughs> just need a little butterfly bump, please. Uh, Tilda Swinton's in this film. Back to back movies, back to back movies. This is kind of crazy because she's going to be in next week's episode. She has a way bigger character in next week's episode. Yeah, wait, who's she in? She time? randomly just shows up as the woman who works at this fucking facility. Oh yeah, this, she's uh, always the like go to like person in charge here to explain everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's bigger than next week. Next yeah, she, week, yeah. She like uh yeah randomly just appears in this film, and it's sort of like oh shit okay I Tilda Swinton double bill cool. Uh, Johnny Galecki from my favorite show, TBBT. Uh, oh, forgot to mention just in the that, background. Yeah. Fucking Leonard himself. He's just in he the background. like a distant with awful hair yeah. and earpiece. Just Does like, fucking nothing. You think he'd turn into like a Riddler type character, yeah. right? Where he like comes back in the ultimate reality <laughs> and he's like super suave and he's dating Penelope Cruz or something. Dude. But we, no, he's just like, a loser. Again, you have, just, better like, ideas. Again, you have better ideas. You have better ideas. Again, back back for Garden State fucking Sheldon just in it and yeah. like a guy who worked at medieval time. Again, and it's we, like, we're it's piecing, genius. This is how this is how these films work, man. You gotta have someone from TBBT and yes, it's gotta TBBT. be fucking completely stupid that makes no sense. And someone has to be disfigured. Mm. Yes. Uh that's the, that's fucking, the key. They had Ken Loong from Rush Hour in this, and he does fucking nothing. He, appe- yeah. he he shows up like once, and then it's like, all right, cool. Like he doesn't even have a name. He's just an art editor. Like, okay, why waste cool. Thank such you. A talent? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Conan O'Brien appears as himself oh, in a yeah. few of these segments yeah. with this Benny the dog. Uh, and Tommy Lee apparently is in this as well. I didn't even catch him, but apparently he plays this frozen vintage car man. I have fucking no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know where that would have been. Tommy Lee should have been like, should have been tech support <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Tommy Lee. <laughs> you dreaming, man. You dreaming, bro. Like, this is a big dream. dream. <laughs> he just twiddling and drunk too. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the title of this film, Vanilla Sky. It's uh, based on this. I mean, they literally. The painting. You know. They tell you. It's a Claude Monet painting. It. It. It's a reference to depictions of skies and certain paintings of Claude Monet and uh, Phil, mm. Vanilla Sky. Oh, Monet, yeah. Snack time! There's something about that look you gave to me. I know you only need one thing. Snack time. Snack time. In the evening. It's snack time. I can't wait for you. It's snack time. To say those words to me. It's snack time. It's snack time. It's snack time. All right, Phil, I know I kind of did this uh, recently. We did uh, Last Action Hero and had the same thing, but this is different flavor. But it just works. It just works. 
I got a packet of BN <laughs> vanilla oh, flavored very nice. biscuits. And I mean, look at that face, dude. It's it's not a, the happy it's a happy face. Snack. That looked like Tom Cruise's face. It's a snack with a face. Kind of droopy. And uh yeah, this film's all about this fake ass face that he has. And uh <laughs> 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 These are kind of new to me. I was reading that these were banned at one point or whatever. I don't oh, know why. why. I don't know why. But uh or at least they That's stopped so making funny. It. It's so creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. They, uh, get, they were giving kids nightmares this boy. They're McVitie's, and I know they're going to be good. So hit it. Let's hit hit them with it. Good, crunchy. Yeah, very crunchy. It's a lot more mm-hmm. crunchy than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I can't. Like I had the chocolate ones last time. Yeah, and would you? I think they were no? like slightly more like a um. Almost like a Jamie Dowder, I feel like, but this, it's good, but it kind of like is like um, <laughs> too like very bland, like digestive together with like <laughs> it um, looks like a crusted cream, but like a worse crusted cream. Yeah, it doesn't have that really nice flavor actually because it's kind of bland. Wow, that's a shame. Maybe you need like a coffee, like a cup of coffee to dunk it in. Yeah, you know how like sometimes you get these McBitty biscuits and it just feels like it's like a such a flavor that you're just like, whoa, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that hit. And it kind of doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That sucks. No, okay, well, how many? How many Satan are you giving it? <laughs> how many Thetans have I experienced? Yeah. Purge from my body. Yeah. And trying to find your soul and the vanilla guy or whatever. Um, you know, I've only been to two auditing sessions. <laughs> I think like And I feel great. <laughs> I think I've only expelled two reactive two? minds. Oh man. Body Tatans. <laughs> That's pretty weak, man. That's some rookie numbers. You got bumped up to the end of <laughs> It's a shame. I need, um, I need some more money so I can buy back in. I don't know. Yeah. Pyramids. Uh, vanilla guy. Yes. Vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Magnum. Magnum. Got Magnum. Or Tom Cruise's is, Magnum dong. Yeah, exactly. As we know about from Magnol- <laughs> Magnumolia. Um, so Magnum Magnum ice cream, very very good, classic. Uh, wow. fill, the filling in vanilla. Um, the outside is a chocolate, but to emphasize the vanilla, I got white chocolate, which Ooh. I've never had. You never and had I don't, one? I've not oh. tried the white chocolate one. Okay. I don't really like white chocolate. So. Okay. But here you go. This is a white chocolate <laughs> vanilla Magnum ice cream for one vanilla guy. So. Go for it. To Tom Cruise. Oh. Cold. It's okay. It's not bad. I yeah. mean, Magnum can't go wrong with a Magnum. White chocolate, I can... I don't know. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I can mess with it. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas, I can mess with it. It reminds me of Christmas. Reminds me of childhood, like Milky Milky Bar, like Milky Way. But, I don't know. 
It's alright, it's not my favorite Magnum. I'd go for a classic Magnum over this. But I do love a bit of vanilla. Vanilla is an underrated flavor. With you to describe something boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that's vanilla. And that's, <laughs> if you know anything about vanilla and how extremely difficult it is to cultivate, you know that it's anything very misleading. But. Anything but common. I mean, you know, most of the people who are throwing around the terms vanilla, and I know what you mean by describing people vanilla. You're talking about Kevin Nash explaining you know, <laughs> that most of these little guys, these little teeny guys that are like way shorter than him because he's a giant man. He's seven foot mm-hmm. tall. Who, who, who's that fucking tall? Uh, and you know, he's explaining how they're vanilla. They're boring, which is just like old man speak for, Hey, I can't do a flip de and I'm, I'm jealous. So they're vanilla. So yeah, take your fucking, you got it. you know, broke ass knee and go have another surgery, bro. I'm just joking. I, I fucking love Kevin Nash, to be honest. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil, how many moles are you coming back as on Nellope Cruz's Oh, my God. Boob. You know, that's the only that thing reveal. anybody that ever remembers reveal. about this film, right? <laughs> the mole yeah, boob. it was like her the mole, mole. The boob mole that comes back at the end. Yeah. It was just like, that's how he knows he did actually kill her. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> it's so confusing because it's like, who did he kill at the end? Did he... Who did he kill? And you're just like, oh yeah, the mall. The mall. He killed the mall. He killed um, but but it didn't happen. That's a fucked up glitch, right? <laughs> Wait, like, don't worry, you fixed the glitch. It turned into a but like that's a fucked up glitch. It turned me into a murderer in my own fantasy. And had he been living that for a hundred years, or is it just recent? Is it real time? Have we been bit a hundred and fifty years worth of dreaming? Like what is happening? Yeah. Or what is it a hundred and fifty years of this fake dream like life with the fear? And then he killed her. I don't know. I mean, the film did feel like about 150 years. So the vanilla is very nice. It gets yeah. two just for the vanilla, but the white chocolate coating is not my favorite. I find it a bit thickening. Uh, it's a bit too much. A bit too sweet. I go, yeah, I go for the classic or even like the almond magnum. Usually, almonds. Those almonds good. where it's at. The, that's the shit. Um, so I'd give it two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half moles. Right down the middle. Yeah. It's good. I don't enjoy it much in the other one, though. Mm. Why not? Wow. Yeah, why you not? You know, Noel Taylor played Hitler like twice in his career. And uh, it kind of makes sense if... Uh, because of this? He's like turning everything into a nightmare. Like, that's how this glitch happened. He's just like doing it on purpose. It's like Demolition Man where they're like, oh shit, you were awake that whole time? <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry just put me under yeah we're sorry all these films with people being frozen <laughs> it's like fuck man that feels like something they've never apart from California man yeah because they just don't bother to explain it they're just like yeah that's fine yeah he's frozen and then we thought him out but like it's one of those like it's always messy it's like time travel it doesn't quite work and Cino Man's the only film that ever got someone being frozen right yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and biodome. Biodome. Aren't they frozen in biodome? No, they just go live in a biodome. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> I don't know. Poly, yeah, Polly Shore fried my brain, dude. <laughs> we, need more, shit the we need more Polly Shore in my life. We're going to have one. Yeah, <laughs> just you wait. Uh, the Beatles played a huge influence on Cameron Crowe during the making of this film. Uh, his biggest influence would have been the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Obviously, it fig- you know features 
the Beatles with all the pop culture icons and shit all around it and everything. So that was the idea he wanted to have for this film was that he would just like basically place Tom Cruise's character in here and all these fucking pop culture references everywhere. The film was also heavily inspired by the Beatles song Revolution Number no. 9, which is a bit of a fever dream, incoherent mess of a song by John Lennon, which is uh, basically what Cameron just like Crow wanted to create on screen. So the number nine actually appears a lot in the film. Like, you know, there's times where he looks at his watch and it says 909 and some kids wearing a number nine. And I think it just appears a lot. Um, But the influence of the Beatles also reached the soundtrack as the film's title song, Vanilla Sky, was written and performed by Paul McCartney. And it even received an Oscar nomination. It's not a good song. No. (laughs) But Paul McCartney. But so yeah, like, yeah, fuck it. I don't even remember hearing it in the film, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, because otherwise the movie got banging. Yeah, it does. Because obviously it's Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe, guy made him taste. Uh, Vanilla Sky's score is done by Cameron Crowe's then wife Nancy Wilson, which was one half of the band Heart. Um, she, oh, no way! Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Sorry, yeah, I didn't know amazing. that either. Yeah, I had no that's idea. Insane. So he was married to uh, one of the Wilson sisters. Uh, there's Amy and Nancy, who are the main people from Heart, and then you know they that's had awesome. other band members, obviously. Um, she also scored Jerry Maguire and Almost Famous, and she spent nine months on the film's music, which was done through experimentation of sound collages. She said we were trying to. Uh, balance out the heaviness of the story with sugary pop culture music. Uh, she said, we made sound collages of all kinds. We were channeling Brian Wilson to a large extent. I yeah, was there's a lot of Brian Wilson. This, yeah. yeah. She said, I was recording things through hoses, around corners, playing guitars with cello bows. And with uh, music editor Carl Caller, we tried all kinds of wacky stuff. And the murder sex scene sound collage Cameron even used... Brian Wilson's speaking voice from Pet Sounds Mix session, like to like put into that song. Yeah, she kind of went nuts with it. Additional songs featured included what you said, Radiohead's Everything Is In Its Right Place. Mm. We've got uh, Sven Zingaler, however you fucking say it, by Sigur Ross. All the Right Friends by R.E.M. You get the Porpoise song by The Monkees. That's such a sick song. Great. Fourth song, Time Around by Bob Dylan. Good Vibrations by The Beach Boys. And my God, like, do you know what I mean? The best song on the fucking soundtrack, in my opinion. Like, I was like, man, this song slaps. And I, like, so my friend who plays drums in the band I've been playing with recently, when I've been playing bass, he, he he's like obsessed with Todd Runyon. <laughs> and like, I kind of never really, I've never really got it. I just, it's like one of these guys, like, you know, you know these songs that he's he's got, but you just, I never got it. I never really got Todd, but he loves Todd. Can we still be friends? Pops up in this song, in this soundtrack, and it's like, yeah, god damn, this song's sick. It's so good. So sick. Perfect for this as well. Yeah. And of course, there is a song "I Fall Apart" by Giuliana Gianni. <laughs> so oh I can't even god. figure out. Do you like my music? She's like an actress, it's right? Vivid. <laughs> she's an actress, right? She's like this bull- no, but she's like this bullshit. Like, I imagine she's she? like a rich socialite. She's like done a bit of everything. She's like an it girl. Yeah. She's like a Paris Hilton. She like done a bit of acting. Yeah. <clears throat> she fucking recorded music. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because it's kind of weird. Like it's because she's like of- I missed an audition. Oh no! Like she didn't give. This she is- obviously doesn't need it. 
Yeah, but this is like she just hanged out rich people. This is pre like socialite. Like I remember the socialite like fucking boom. Yeah, and this is pre this. Like that was more 2002, 2003, 2004, 2001. Like what? Ahead of its time, dude. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's that's what it was kind of weird. Like I couldn't really figure out what she was meant to be, but she was like talking about audition. So I was like, okay, she's an actress. But then she's like, you like my thong? And yeah. Yeah, apparently that was actually sung by Cameron Diaz. I couldn't really find you much info you can't really about tell. it. It was written. Car. Yeah, it was written by Nancy Wilson, and it's on the soundtrack. It, like if you you could hear the actual song like <laughs> on the soundtrack, it's on Spotify. Um, so it was written by Nancy Wilson, and I believe it actually was sung by Cameron Diaz. It's funny. Fair enough. Uh, another yeah. Beatles Easter egg is that David Ames Jr. actually lives in the Dakota building, which is the very building that John Lennon lived in and was unfortunately tragically murdered outside sure. by yeah. Mark David Chapman. How they is Mark de- David Chapman coming up moment. twice? Twice, yeah. This is the Mark David Chapman season. Yeah. Leave it up to Cameron Crowe to have a fucking... Hey, let's just put him in the fucking Dakota building. <laughs> they should have done an overt reference to that where he comes down and gets shot by yeah, Jason or gets in face flash. I don't fucking know what happened. I mean, the big question is, Phil, did Mark David Chapman actually like shoot John Lennon? Sounds like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh no. The thing is, Phil, Mark David Chapman. Actually, was a sleeper cell for the oh, CIA. What the great Mark David Chapman? I was in Vietnam, and I know that Mark David Chapman went over to Vietnam. <laughs> when he was over there, he got captured by the CIA, and they basically gave him a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and mm-hmm. that was his sleeper cell. Paying every time he had a copy of that, he knew that he had to get out there and he had to commit vicious acts of violence against John oh, Lennon. But John okay. Lennon was a threat to American society. Speaking about war, he's speaking about peace, anti-war. He's he's very against American ideals of you know g- having guns. And yeah. <laughs> oh shit! And freedom. He was against oh, freedom. No. John Lennon was against, John freedom. was against freedom. This American man. He's not American. He was British coming over mm. into America, trying to act like he knows everything about American politics and stuff, and mm. speaking about how war is over if you want it. Nah, we brought war to him. The CIA brought a sleeper cell and Mark David Chapman. They brought him in and they handed him a book of Catcher in the Rye. He tried to get rid of the copy numerous times and he always ended up with another copy. And every Mm. time he had a copy, that was him waking up. He woke up to go kill John Lennon. Mm. Kill John Lennon. Kill John Lennon. Well, that's quite a story there, Jesse. You want to talk about dreams? No. I got dreams. I have big dreams. Oh, you have big dreams? I could have been in this movie. I could have been frozen. I was in Demolition <laughs> Man. I could have told them a thing or two. You didn't want to hear from Predator. I saw I I got Rolling Stone I cred- could be, credentials I could, here. I could be the, the, the Brian, the novelist. I could do that. I could have know? done that. I could I could be a security guard. I could they be a soldier. Me. They didn't ask yeah. me. Why do they have Michael Shannon playing a prison I, guard oh, when shit. I had the outfit at home? Yeah. And they I didn't have ask the me. experience to do it. See, that's the thing with Hulk Hogan. He can only be Hulk Hogan. But I could be Michael Shannon. <laughs> Phil, 
you 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 are making jokes about it, but that's yeah, true. I mean, Hulk funny. Hogan, Hulk Hogan, he he basically can only be Hulk Hogan. But I've proven time and time again that I could be a prison yeah. guard by all action hero, getting role in movies that we talk about, but not actually being in them. Why not? Because they never asked you. They never asked. <laughs> okay, that's enough. What was that? I know you just blacked out for a second. Look at it. It's Your weird. dream. Yeah, Talking dream. About prison again. <laughs> Looking big, bro. <laughs> Tired. Yeah, episode 200, man. 200 episode. Takes it out of you. According to Cameron Crowe, there's 428 references to pop culture in Vanilla Sky. Some of these include the re- recreation of, obviously, we were talking about the Free Will and Bob Dylan album. David lab- uh, labeling his board members the Seven Dwarfs. Seven Dwarfs. It was the Seven Dwarfs, David. <laughs> there's all kinds of like uh, paintings and pictures and all sorts of stuff. A lot of weird clues as well. I don't know if he necessarily means there's pop culture, 428 pop culture references, or that like there's also like a lot of clues as well, because it feels like it was kind of like blurring a bit. There's all these things like in the background of his uh, apartment. Like there was like, I'm pretty sure there was like a fucking painting in the background of his apartment where there's literally like a car that has been crashed. And this is before the car crash happens. And it's like sitting up vertically. So it's sort of like, okay, this is going to happen. Yeah, there's like, you know, posters in David's apartment, like the Jules at Jim poster. It's, you know, basically that film centered around a love triangle between two Mm -hmm. friends and Jules at Jim. And then there's a woman named Catherine who, spoilers, eventually drives Jim off of a fucking bridge. <laughs> that the that the killer mockingbird thing, right? Yeah, keeps popping up and as well. Yeah, so can like, we I think just watch t- that as well. Yeah, when that score starts popping into the music, I was like, man, to kill a mockingbird had a great score. <laughs> it did, yeah. Oh, the the the, the giant Homer Simpson, yeah, in the parade, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, in the scene to open the film where Tom. Cruz runs through like Times Square. Like there's on a screen in Times Square, there's uh the Shadow Play is playing, which is an episode of The Twilight Zone. And in oh, that episode, cool. it's about a man who's sentenced to die, and the man swears up and down that everyone in the courtroom and in the jail cell are just figments of his imagination in a dream that he can't wake up from. <laughs> so it's a <laughs> bit of a clue about how this is all just uh, a dream. That's funny. A dream. Haha. Apparently there's 429 references in the film if you include the fact that where there was one that was like made in an error so the registration date on david's car is february the 30th 2001 and this i think might be in the dream scene where you can see the registration like on the plate that's a date that has never existed and never will exist because there's oh, only, I see. only 28 days in february and if there's a leap year there's only 29 so there's, it's impossible to have 30 days. So I think it was clue. a mistake, but it could have been like on purpose. Who knows? But it lend, lends credence to one of the interpretations of the film because Cameron Crowe said there's five different ways that you could read this film. How? It's a dream, right? Well, the, the first and the easiest explanation is the text supports telling the truth and, you know, David killed himself, but he left his body to be frozen and suspended into this lucid dream for 150 years. The second is that the movie could be David's fever dream after the car crash. 
So like when he has a car crash, it's all just like a fucking fever dream. Maybe he's like in a coma. Who fucking knows? The third option is that David's hallucinations happen thanks to drugs administered during his reconstructive surgery. So he's just hallucinating at all. A fourth possibility is the film might actually be the events of Brian's novel that David commissioned. So it's all like happening (laughs) in this book that he wrote. And the fifth and final theory is that the movie is all like everything is a dream. And it's purely because of David's registration being fictional. Like, so everything start to finish is all just none of it, man. Fucking dream. I mean, if it's all a dream, then none of it matters. None of it. None of it ever mattered, Phil. Like, none of this shit matters. Good good point. (laughs) (laughs) But Cameron Crowe actually did like the idea of it being part of Brian's book. He said, I'm probably saying too much, but sometimes I watch it and I think, this is all in his novel. (laughs) That's like one scene where they refer to his novel. You can't just be like, oh, it's actually the whole thing in the book. (laughs) There's no other there's no other supporting information for that beyond oh it could be. Could be. And the scene where David gets his mugshot taken, there are a bunch of random numbers and letters on the plaque that he holds, you know, like that typical mugshot like booking number mm-hmm. or whatever. But it it's actually a code. If you look at it, it says uh like in weird numbers of letters, you can read that it says, When did the dream become a nightmare? <laughs> Cameron Crowe is just like, tr- like I'm going to fuck with everybody. And it's like, please just don't, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't fuck you with you people. Don't have to. When, well, I feel like when was this ever like a good dream? Like it's like maybe just at the beginning where he's like drunk, rich playboy go into play tennis, but just getting drunk in the morning. Yeah. And then like having parties and like, that's kind of it. That's the only bit that seemed even that's not very enjoyable. Like it's not the not fun for you or anyone <laughs> for anyone involved. And then yeah. it just gets weird and weird. And he puts on a mark and starts killing women. I it would have been better if he actually literally was just a killer. Come on, like, then the version great. of that, like that, yeah. how movie, great if he like just almost like, like a, I'm a murderer. You know, like a. Do you, did you see Under the Silver Lake? No. But I want to see it, yeah. It's a movie with like, you can read it multiple ways, but like it yeah. kind of earned that. And that there is a killer in it. Yeah, proper neo noir film, yeah. And like the, the version of that story, I won't tell you how it ends, but like, where you're like, maybe he's the dude, maybe he's yeah. the killer. And like, that's interesting. And this doesn't really do that. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, where they could just, it could just be this thing. That's what I was talking to you the other day. I was like, we were looking at other two thought too deep movies and then examples like that, that I can think of if that counts, like just like movies, like, like a crime movie, like with a twist. And I mentioned yeah. the movie Ide- identity with junkies that could, it had that kind of twist with like, Oh, but he's the, who's the killer. Oh, that's the guy, he's the killer. And you're like, what? That fucking makes sense. And yeah. that's the version in this, but I like the version of this, that also, where it just drives off a bridge, literally, and it becomes a, a, a weird, like, like fever dream at the yeah. end. Where, like, vividly, like, it, I, I do like that whole ending because it doesn't look real. The rest of the movie looked real, apart from that sequence. I think, like, the thing is, like, I don't know, like, it, 
it, I don't know what this film was trying to really do, except for I like, know. they're just trying to like, uh, I don't know, make like an American remake of a fucking film that they liked. Yeah. But like, it's like, they're not really this, hitting any. Yeah. Of the, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't, doesn't like add anything. anything to the, like, you know, you know, conversation. It, the conversation. Yeah. It's just, it just exists. It was a time where Tom Cruise is like doing something kind of like, I'm um, doing an interesting film. That's not, the normal bullshit that I would do. Uh, Cause you know, we keep saying he's in this time period where he's doing these things, but yeah, it's, it's weird. It, I mean, when I think of like a film, that's just like similar kind of character and it's just fucking amazing. It's like American psycho. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same time period as well. It came out. That may be a too thought too deep movie. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, we've we went, have covered it we went into it with uh because it's a bit of incel as well so. oh yeah that's part of that trilogy <laughs> but it's a good movie but it's a great film yeah. and um yeah it, to be honest I man, this, this you know, film's borderline incel, incel oh yeah movie. But that's like, what i mean like it only saved itself because it, that kind of becomes the point yeah and he'd never and he had like shown a kind of a murderer for half of it but phil I feel like I said something like last week about like a film having like this sort of thing, but that's kind of the point. And you kind of like went off. I always like, oh, no, but like, but no, you can't fucking say that. Like, Oh, well, you know, the whole point was that she's badly written. Cause she's like in his fucking brain. It's like, no, that's what you said. I know. I know I did. But like the whole point of it being this fucking dream it's bullshit. Not, it's yeah. fucking bad. It's still bad. It's, bad. it's bad. still bad. No, no, <laughs> I'm just, telling you, I'm agreeing. It's still bad. <laughs> It doesn't make up for it. You can do all that and just write it better, you know? Yeah. And it'd be- uh, something else that was kind of funny in the mugshot scene, David Ames is depicted as being six feet tall. And this is a reference to Bro, Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise's not- dream to not be short. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Just hit him when he's down. <laughs> you know, like, look, look. Uh, look. If we're, well, I know we're not wrapping up. But oh, like, we are. We're, okay, we're in, the, <laughs> yeah. in this wrap up. It's episode 200 of the podcast. And this yeah. movie, you know, it's not really saying anything. It might not be adding to the conversation. Neither is this it's podcast. Just, yeah. <laughs> but it's just doing something interesting. It's doing it for the sake us. of doing it. <laughs> I think that's us. Yeah. We've lost the plot a long time yeah. ago. And I constantly lie about my height. So, yeah. Do you? There you go. No, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't seem like you have a complex. Like, no, it's like, you know, I I think it's just funny when like short guys like have such a big fucking complex about it. And then like, because I don't care, like who gives a shit? Like, yeah, but it's like weird when guys have a weird complex about it and then they lie about like their height and stuff. I know it's easy for me to say because I'm a fucking gigantic person, (laughs) but like, you know. I don't even like being this tall half the time because it's like, it's too much of a conversation piece. I don't fit Mm. in anywhere. It's hard to find clothes that fit. It fucking sucks. It's not the greatest fucking thing in the world. You know, like who wants Mm. to be that freak that everybody looks at? Like, well, you're tall. You're tall. I know. Yeah. You and Tom Cruise feel that pain. The weather's great up here. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Vanilla sky sky up here. Vanilla Sky opened at number one at the box office in the United States when it was released on December the 14th, 2001. And the film ended up making $100.6 million domestically with another $102.8 million internationally for a worldwide total of $203.4 million 
on a $68 million budget. Not bad. It did really well. And that's the thing that's kind of funny about this film is because it kind of, it's like, we were joking at the top, but like Cameron Crowe is sort of like, he didn't do a lot. Like, you would think like, oh, you did a $200 million film. Maybe it's a, he didn't want to. I fucking don't know. Mm. But like, I don't know. I felt like there, it's like, this film doesn't make sense. The reaction to it doesn't make sense. The amount of money, like, I don't know. It, is it like, okay, we have- Did it even exist? <laughs> <laughs> we had Tom Cruise, big star. Cameron Diaz was like, you know, at the top of her game at this point. Penelope Cruz was becoming like a big star at the time as well. You have them all together in one film and, you know, it makes money. But I don't really understand why it made so much money and also it did make a lot of money critics were really mixed on it like why didn't Cameron Crowe do more after this I don't really understand he still had like you know credibility with you know uh, almost famous was like you know alright and you know it did alright and then mm. you know obviously Jerry Maguire was a big deal it's like sort of like I don't really understand I, need, yeah, I didn't look into it enough but he didn't really this- seem to like do a shit ton after this. No, in the last 20 years, he'd mostly done a couple movies, but he'd mostly been doing like music documentaries. Even yeah. that, not that many. So I don't know. He just kind of maybe. I mean, it might be a personal Maybe that's choice. not what he I wanted. Just, yeah. Yeah, it could just be, you know, I just don't know. I didn't really look into it, but it's just weird. It's, it's kind of puzzling, like this film. <laughs> yeah. Like, critically, they're a big mix. Roger Deber awarded the film three out of four stars, saying, thank you. Think it all the way through in Cameron Crowe's Vanilla Sky is a scrupulously moral picture. It tells the story of a man who is just about everything, thinks he can have it all. It's given means to have whatever he wants and loses it because, well, maybe because he has a conscience, or maybe not. Maybe just because life sucks. Or maybe he only thinks it does. This is the kind of movie you want to analyze and you don't want to analyze until you've seen it two times. <laughs> um, that's kind of like the exact opposite of what he said like a couple weeks ago like you know once you see it twice you're kind of like all right you've the, got it yeah magic's worn off. <laughs> Stephen Holden of the New York Times calls Vanilla Sky a highly entertaining erotic science fiction thriller that takes Mr. Crow into Steven Spielberg territory no St- Spielberg's just in the film you just got confused yeah. and then he says as it leaves behind the real world and begins exploring life as a waking dream, this year's most popular theme in Hollywood uh, movies with lofty ideas, Vanilla Sky loosens its emotional grip and becomes a disorganized and abstract of still intriguing meditation on parallel themes. One is for the quest for eternal life and eternal youth. Another is guilt and the ungovernable power of the unconscious mind to undermine science utopia, science's utopian discoveries. David's redemption ultimately consists of coming to grips with his own mortality, but that redemption lacks conviction. Some critics compared it unfairly to the original film, uh, Open Your Eyes, saying that Open Your Eyes is more distinctive and that Vanilla Sky is a high-concept vanity project for Tom Cruise. <laughs> which others, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> which others extrapolated as much, but uh, given that it, you know, he bought the film rights to do the mm-hmm. film. And one reviewer characterized Vanilla Sky is hauntingly frank about being a, manifest, a manifestation of a star's cosmic narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Cameron Diaz got a lot of praise for her performance. She got like nominated for a Golden Globe, a Screen Actors Guild Award, Critics Choice Award, Saturn Award, and AFI Award. And like I mentioned, Penelope Cruz, on the other hand, got a Razzie Award nomination. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. Uh, there's not much else to say about this film. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say about 200 episodes? Anything else besides the fact that uh, we're, we're here? We're still here. <laughs> we're here. Um, we're still here. Um, no. Just, give it 110%. Give, give, gotta give it 200%. Um, no, just thank you for anyone who's listened. Who's listening now or has listened for the last 200. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been fun most of the time. <laughs> uh it's kind of sad phil because you know i think it, you know obviously this is the end had, uh, <laughs> we're done we're not even gonna finish the season fuck you we wanted to go out on a big one we we've had a we've had a lot of like fun doing these silly films i was telling you the other day i was just like it's almost over you know it's crazy we spent 12 weeks you know plus i think we had a, maybe a two two breaks where we might have like taken a a week off or something so it really was like yeah, a extended yeah. period of time of like you know doing this breaking the law arc and then we come to do two thoughts too deep and it's just like over like that it's like fuck mm. man like i enjoy yeah, doing yeah. these like really dumb ass films like they're just maybe really next year we do that at a longer yeah we do a dumb usually we do the dumb one that's like in between to yeah. the bigger one um but maybe yeah we just maybe we just really need a reserve dumb one yeah, reserve ourselves to the fact that that's all we really like doing, and just like, the dumb, the, the shitty dumb, movie. Yeah. dumb, shitty movies podcast. Yeah, you know what? We should do at the cinema though, uh, Cam and Crow Triple Bill, and it should be Jerry Maguire, almost famous, and Vanilla Scott. Yeah, but That'd Paul, be great. Paul would be like, uh, "We gotta have singles in there." No, <laughs> he's, he's obsessed. With we'll singles. have that as his own show. <laughs> Those three, right yeah. there, the peak of his career. Yeah, in Hollywood, I think it should be very interesting mm-hmm. to see them all together. To see. Good way to end if you did it like on a Friday night and you ended at like two a.m. with like the ending of Vanilla Sky, and you're just like, "What? What? <laughs> I'm gonna go jump <laughs> off a building now, <laughs> just like my hero Tom Cruise." Well, Phil, I think you know me hearing you say that. Uh, I think it's time we take a little break from our thoughts. I mean, what? It was a little. It was a little too deep with Vanilla Sky. Like I didn't it got think, too deep, yeah. I didn't think I needed to pay attention to so many stupid little Easter eggs and references. Four hundred of this them. Fucking bullshit! Oh my god! I think we take our brains on holiday next week. Phil. Oh, nice. Where are we going? It's time to go to the beach. We uh, wrap up shit. the arc <laughs> with the 2000 film by Danny Boyle, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo. Here we go. Is it going to be an idyllic paradise or the trip from hell? I don't Take know. Take a guess. All I, I know, know is I'm packing all my best stuff, all my most important shit. Yeah. And I'm just going to go and just like go with the flow. Damn. Yeah, go with the flow. Just like, you know, leave this commercial tourist lifestyle behind. Yeah. Like, just, this, you know, whatever this fake superficial world. We don't need it. Yeah. Like, just leave it behind. You know, I just thought of a great snack for next week. And too late. Too late. All right. Well, you can tell me what it is next week. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. Too late. Um, but, you know, it's all good. 
I think like okay. you know we had 200 episodes and, and you know we owe it, we owe it to ourselves to have a gap year you know so that's next week. <laughs> <laughs> to them the pop job.